When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Performance-wise, can't ask any more lads. I thought we played some outstanding football, created enough chances to, to win the game quite comfortably, really. But, um, you know, um, fine margins in the games. But um, disappointed, disappointed for the fans, disappointed for our players. More importantly, because I thought we deserve more from the game. Challenges are always there in the Premier League, but what we've got to do is um, obviously we're going through a tough trot, uh, both on and off the field in terms of injuries and results. But just got to keep going. And um, I've got no doubt that if we continue on this road, we'll, we'll get to where we want to. Ange Postacoglu after a 2-1 loss to Aston Villa. It's Man City at the Emirates next. Tom Barclay's become a great friend of the program across this EPL season. He's the senior football writer at The Sun. Tom, welcome back to the program. Absolute pleasure, Jared, as always. Three straight losses for Spurs. So what phase does Ange find himself in now? Yeah, I suppose the honeymoon period's over, but... Three defeats in a row doesn't really quite tell the whole story. They're absolutely decimated by injuries and suspensions as well. And even though the most recent, you know, they obviously lost again uh, against Aston Villa, who are flying high themselves, only two points off the top. Um, they actually played really, really well and they were unlucky to lose. So I think most Spurs fans are obviously a bit frustrated by you know, the number of losses in the last few, last few weeks, but they can understand that with all the injuries, there's there's a there's an obvious reason for it, but also they can be excited that their, their team is still giving it a right good go. How how deep is the absentee crisis? Uh, I was listening to the Tottenham way. Could you make the case that they were missing 10 of 11 yesterday? Yeah, well, I think they started off with 10 players missing, maybe nine, and then they obviously lost Rodrigo Bentancourt, uh, in the game after just half an hour. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the key men are, are the likes of Mickey van der Ven, centre-back, who's been excellent, signed in the summer. Uh, he's out till the new year. James Madison has also been fantastic. He's also out for the new year with injuries. Christian Romero's suspended still. Uh, he will be again for Man City away after his red card against Chelsea in that crazy game. And then there are a whole host of other players as well. So, uh, yeah, they're... they're a lot, it's it's funny, there's a lot of teams in the Premier League at the moment that seem to be struggling with injuries, Newcastle or another of them, um, but Spurs are, are being re- hit particularly hard at the moment, and I think those are the main reasons why this wonderful start that Ange Postacoglu has had uh, to his time at Spurs is, is not it's not gone sour, there's still lots to be excited about, but that's the main reason why the, the form has dipped. Was this the risk, Is right from the outset, you, you'd spoken around the the lack of depth potentially in the squad if misfortune struck? Certainly. I mean, at centre-back in particular. Uh, so they decided to sell Davison Sanchez, who uh, had become a, a, a good option for uh, for Ange in pre-season. They decided to sell him to uh, to Turkey after the English window had closed. 
um, back in the start of September. So the Turkish window is open a, a little bit later than the English window. So you can still sell players uh, to Turkey, but you can't sign anyone. And they had a good offer for a player who was out of contract in the summer. So they decided to take it, but obviously couldn't replace him. And that left, that left them after the sort of the first choice pair of Van de Ven and Romero that left them next with Eric Dyer, who hadn't been picked and barely been in the squad and clearly is not, you know, is not in Andrew's, uh, his, his thoughts sort of long term because he didn't even get in the, in the team the other day against, against Villa with all these injuries. So that's left them really short and uh, it's a risk that hasn't paid off. But I still think that, whilst they can be probably criticised and fairly so for, for doing that, they couldn't have envisaged having such a, a sort of glut of injuries um, in midfield and wide left as well. So they have been unlucky, definitely. So, so given that, what is the the tension piece between the overall project, which Ange believes in uh, and is looking to implement, and the short-term need for points to stay afloat? Well, I think first of all, he's got so many points in the bag from right from the off that he's got a lot of credit in the bank, and he and he can sort of afford to to not have to worry about that as much. Uh, he's spoken before about how you know he he he's not looking for short term gains. He'd rather he wouldn't he'd rather lose a game than win it scrappily, so that he'd rather lose it in the way that he wants to play, so that he, in the long term the players can can understand what he wants to do rather than play a different way that he doesn't want to do long-term just for a, a quick sort of hit, if if you know what I mean. But at the same time, he's very aware, as a manager who's been in the game for, what, 27 years now, 28 years, that, you know, results are still absolutely crucial, particularly in the beginning. So, um, you know, they've obviously got a really tough game coming up at the weekend. Man City away is pretty much about as hard a fixture in world football as you can get. So I don't think many Spurs fans will be expecting... A, a result there, despite Spurs having a pretty good record, actually compared to most teams against City. Um, so it's it is quite it's very possible, particularly with the injuries, that three defeats in a row could turn into four defeats in a row. Uh, I still think the way they're playing, as I said, has given them so much credit in the bank that no one's going to be getting sort of too frustrated by that. Having said that, after that comes West Ham and Newcastle, two very difficult teams uh, on their day as well. So suddenly, if you know we get on a run of sort of five or six defeats, then maybe things might change. But I to be honest, the way he's he's transformed this team, who were in absolute chaos in the summer, had lost Harry Kane and had started the season brilliantly and are playing excellent football, and obviously got these injury crises. I think. He'll be fine. I don't think there's going to be any concerns about about that. Yeah. So, so how would you say Ange is handling it in your in your day to day interactions that you're having? Yeah, it's interesting that he actually says he quite enjoys enjoys this period now. Uh, he did an interview with the the Daily Mail uh, last week. Uh, obviously, one of our biggest papers, along with the Sun, my paper, uh, most widely read papers in in, in England. And um, he was saying, I think, to to Chris Sutton, who is a is a former Premier League winner, but also a Celtic hero, obviously, and obviously managed Celtic as well, so I presume knew him from before. But he was saying that, um, yeah, he actually quite sort of perversely enjoys this period when people are starting to question him and, and the sort of pressure is on. And a few weeks ago, I think ahead of the Wolves game, he said there are two states for a manager. They're either one where the, the sort of um, the siege is coming or you're in it, the yeah. siege is upon you. And I think, I think he is, the siege is sort of upon him just because of, like I said, all the injuries. But I, honestly, I, I think because of the way he's 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 transformed his team, as I said already, I don't think there's going to be too many people from the outside 
um, putting pressure on him or, or, or worrying about his position in any way. The only thing that he sort of encountered recently, particularly after the Chelsea game, where they went down to nine men and he continued to play this attacking football, is some people have sort of called him naive for that. He's been criticised a little bit for for trying to go that way and 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 because no one ever really does that. That's not not what we've ever seen before, and it, to, to a certain extent, it does seem like a a bit of a, a mad sort of approach. Yes. Um, so he's had a, he's had a bit of that, but again, I think he kind of enjoys it and. No, from a journalist's point of view, it's just it's just fascinating. You know, whatever it is, it's always never not interesting, which is which is all I can ask for, really, personally. Yes, yeah, it's worth sharing, Tom. So the, the lists at the end of a, a year are starting to be put together in Australia at the the end of November and the start of December, and in most lists that have been published so far, Ange is either the straight out sports person of the year in Australia, or he's in the three. So we have had, wow. uh, we've had the Matildas who did astounding things at a world cup. And we've had the cricket team, which has won the the test championship and the ODI world cup. And Ange is sitting with those or above those individuals in, in how wow. this has been so transfixing to us in what he's been able to do. Does that does that speak to how much football, uh, particularly for uh, people under the age of say thirty five? Because I heard that the, the interest in, in in soccer or football over in, in Australia for that kind of age group has increased quite a lot of late. Is that is that fair to say that it's it's growing? And he's obviously a big factor. I think in he, that? yeah, he he is the defining figure. So separate to the Matildas, who are right now the most loved team in Australia, he is the defining figure of football and. We'd spoken around the EPL sort of had a hold at various stages of imaginations and then has drifted through probably television contracts more than anything. But that recognition that this is the league and he is the guy and that the three straight manager of the month. So I don't know whether that's Twee yeah. over there, but here it was sort of that, that that was big news that he was winning those and um and no. validation of what he was doing. Certainly, it's not it's not Twee at all. It's, a, it's never been done before from a new manager. Uh, hardly ever been done. I'm not sure if it had been done before. I'd have to check on on any manager getting three in a row, and it's it's incredible. And um, I, I just think some of the, what what most people have both uh, what most people have loved most about him, apart from his style of play, is just how um, relatable he is uh, in in press conferences. The way he talks, um, the way he tells he tells his backstory in a way that sort of lets everybody in and, and, and understands his journey, which is obviously being um, not very, um, it's, it's been a bit more off the beaten track compared to your average manager in the Premier League. Yeah. I think people will really, really sort of see him as down to earth and appreciate his story. So it, it's not just, it's not just the fact that he plays good football and is a good football manager. It, it's, it's the whole package. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely been a huge talking point, uh, in the Premier League this season over in England, let alone back in his home country, where it sounds like, he's, as you say, he's massively captured the imagination. But yeah, I mean, if I had to pick sort of a, you know, two or three of the main storylines from this season so far, he would be one of them, definitely. The Man City fixture at Etihad Stadium. So a couple of weeks ago, is we were casting an eye toward it and it was sort of the big countdown. Um, is it? Is there an air of trepidation around that now, given that it's not the, the authentic version of Spurs as it were at the time? <laughs> I think there's always an air of trepidation going to the Etihad. I mean, <laughs> this is a team that hardly ever loses. They're probably the best team in the world, definitely up there. Um, Pep Guardiola's 
probably the greatest manager ever to, to, to manage in this country. And I say that, you know, thinking about Sir Alex Ferguson as well. I mean, Guardiola's just incredible, incredible manager. But um, you know what's interesting about this is that Spurs are kind of Man City's bogey team. Uh, Guardiola's never won at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Obviously, this game's at the Etihad, but they seem to always have the wood over, over City at home. And then they've also got some good results away from home. So a couple, two seasons ago, they won 3-2. Kane scored a couple of late goals. But what's, what's really interesting as well, though, obviously, as you mentioned, Spurs are, are sort of down to the bare bones, as, as we like to say over here, injury-wise. So that's going to be a big factor. But but what's, what seems to have worked for Tottenham in the last sort of four years has been the sort of pragmatic, defensive, counter-attacking style of your Antonio Conte, Nuno Espirito Santo or, or Jose Mourinho, um, which, you know, over the course of time hasn't really been successful for Tottenham and definitely sort of bored the fans in the end and they didn't enjoy it. Um, but in these one-off games against the best team in the land, it seemed to work. Now, obviously, that is the complete opposite of what Ange does. He would never want to play that way and will never play that way. And he he, like, he plays all the attacking football that fans are loving. But I, I wonder, you know, is that will that actually play into City's hands? Because they're obviously a, as good as Spurs are playing, as well as Spurs are playing at the moment, and nicer football as they're playing. No one plays that kind of football better than, than Guardiola's side. So... I don't know. I, I, I'd fear for them anyway, but I just think like every Spurs game going into them, it's just going to be fascinating and exciting football. So, you know, neutrals must be loving Tottenham right now. It's great to follow uh, the Tottenham way has become a big part of my podcast life. So I'm heading off on the test circuit, Tom. So a couple of months till we reconvene. Uh, enjoy the interim period. I'm sure we'll hear you on the station as we go. But uh, yes, uh, enjoy the, the Christmas and New Year period. And thanks very much for being part of the program throughout this season. My pleasure. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy your new year and Christmas. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll speak again in a couple of months and um, see if, if the the Ange sort of revolution has has kicked onto a new new level once the players are back from injury. Tom Barclay, the chief football writer for the Sun. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen forty winks temper text temper a mattress like no other to ping through your thoughts this morning one three hundred seven three six. 736. Flight Centre's big red sale is on with limited time offers on flights, cruises, holidays and tours. Book now to save big.